Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay, we understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. If you've got a dilemma to share, please call our voicemail number at 1-234-DILEMMA or email us at 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Remember, dilemma is spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas Podcast, the place where you can get practical solutions to that impossible co-parent you might be dealing with. I'm Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Loyles. We have a fun topic to discuss today, and I'm kind of anxious to do that because I've gotten a lot of messages from people about uh, narcissism. So we have a specific listener who sent an email. Yes. This is Paul from Phoenix. So here's what he asks. Can you help me with my narcissistic co-parent? I don't know what to do. He constantly puts me in a defensive position and threatens to take me back to court. I don't know how to stop defending myself. Please. I'm desperate. Exclamation point. Wow. This could come from like a thousand people, right? But I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We hear this a lot. Should you hold on or let it go? That's a tough one. Because what a lot of people become afraid of is if I don't respond to this, then the judge, if I do end up back in court, is going to look at everything this person wrote about me and believe it and think I'm the bad guy, right? Yes. And if I keep letting go, then does that give them permission to keep abusing me? Right. And what do you tell parents about not documenting in Yes. Yeah. It's unproductive because all it does is continue to feed the conflict. Rather, what we recommend for folks to do is document in a separate file. Keep a file folder on your computer and address what you think a judge would want to hear in a separate piece of paper and then keep that in your file. So if you ever do go back to court and they bring that up, you'll have a defense. Here's what they said. Here's what's really happening. Right. So what we want to do for everyone listening is to teach you some, what we might call canned responses that you can respond to a parent, whether that parent is a narcissist or they're just like conflict so that you don't have to defend yourself. That's huge for a lot of parents, regardless of who you're working with. Here's what we want to do. We're going to go through a list of responses And Paul, I really hope you're listening to this because uh, I want you to write these down, get your phones out. You might want to record these, or you can always go back to uh, your podcast and re-listen. So let's just get started. Rick, why don't you jump in and 
and read a couple. We'll see where ah, this goes. Yes, I, I like this first one a lot. So I'm getting either a conversation or, and mainly we're thinking about writing, aren't we? If, if we're getting emails yes. back and forth. Yeah. You don't want to get into a phone conversation with a narcissistic co-parent. <laughs> no, you want to limit that as much as possible. So we're getting exactly. these abusive emails, blaming you and threatening you. So here's a good one I like. Your attempt to portray me in a negative light is noted. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> what, what are you really saying there? Well, I recognize your attempt, but I'm not going to let it bother me. Just to let you know that I know. Yeah. Right, right. And you'll see a certain theme, I think, for all of these responses as we go through them is you're acknowledging a response because we know that sometimes if you just ghost them and you don't, you know, write back or you don't acknowledge, then you get a worse one the second time. Exactly. Or you get more. Right. So the reason we think it's important to at least acknowledge is so that you can say, okay, noted. Then you don't say anything else to give them any more ammunition for the second or third. Now, does that mean, Rick, they're just going to stop communicating with you like magic? Oh, when no. You say this. No, no, no. And that's why we want you to have more than one. Repeat yeah. them. Copy and paste is your friend in that situation. So like let's this. play this out. You know, how dare you tell our child that he can't have his Nikes because I didn't pay my child support? That's just not true. Well, thank you. But your attempt to portray me in a negative light is noted. What are you talking about? This isn't negative. I'm not trying to portray you in a negative light. You're just saying the wrong things to my kids. Wait till we get to court. Well, thanks for your point of view and your attempt to portray me in a negative light is noted. Well, I think you should tell our child that this isn't true because he's going to go around thinking that I'm not paying my child support. And that's just not true. Well, there was that one month. That's not true. Well, your attempt to portray me in a negative light is noted. And at what point do you just stop? Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> three or four times, then if they don't yeah. stop, you don't need to be. After a while, you have to stop. Yeah, you, do you think to. they have to. And, and, you know, you do have to read because what they'll do is they'll insert something about the children that you do have to answer. <laughs> well, and in that's a, a communication, right? Right. That's important because just going silent and just throwing up the wall and just blocking phone numbers and texts is not favorable on you. If you ever end up in court, judges do not like the wall of silence, but we also, it doesn't mean that you've got to continue to expose yourself to a unhealthy circumstances person. So to be able to have a response that says, okay, I, heard you, but I'm not going to engage you is good, legitimate in front of a judge. Okay. So let me read number two. I look forward to getting to a place in our co-parenting relationship where we can negotiate things like this. For the time being, I intend to follow the order. Ah, That second sentence, very important to add that. (laughs) I'm going to follow the order. Right. Because narcissists are famous for trying to convince you that if you were a really good co-parent, you would give me that extra day on the weekend, even though the court order doesn't say that. So then you feel bad. You go, well, I want to be a good co-parent. So you say, okay, I'll give you that extra day. Well, then that tends to not be enough. Well, if you're going to give me an extra day, if that you give me Monday too, can I have Tuesday too? Yeah. And then you get start to get frustrated. And then you find out later that their campaign was to get you to give up time so they could tell the judge that, well, I have more time than she does anyway. 
Right. I, yeah, I've, I've seen that happen where yes. they tell the judge, well, obviously they don't want to be with the kids because they keep sending keep, them over to me. They keep giving up time, right? Yes. So and, that's that give an inch, take a mile kind of thing that we've talked about before. Yep. So this to me is kind of saying, I hope we can get to that place that you're trying to get to where we can be flexible. But for now, let's just follow the order because remember we're talking about parallel parenting, not cooperative parenting with these no, you, parents. No. So now, the parallel parenting model would say you don't stray from the plan unless absolutely necessary. Correct. And believe me, the narcissistic co-parent is going to do everything they can to make you cooperative because right. that gives them ultimate control. So they'll use shame, guilt, gaslighting, all those things to make you feel bad if you're not cooperating. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let me Number get the, re- the next one. Ooh, I do not feel these representations warrant a response. And I ne- see no purpose to this email other than to increase conflict, period. As such, I am noting my objection and your attempts to portray me in a negative light. Now, one of the things uh, we teach folks and we think is very, very helpful, useful, is you don't have to defend yourself actually to anybody, let alone this other co-parent. So you don't owe an explanation. You don't have to defend yourself. And each time you try, you're only inviting them into more conversation because they're going to argue with you. They're going to find something wrong with what you've said. So don't defend, just acknowledge, I heard it. I don't agree with it. And here's another one. I do not agree with your portrayal of the event in question. Yep. Period. Period. You don't don't have to say why. You don't have to say how they're wrong and you're right. Uh, You can just say, I don't agree. And they may come back and, but, 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 right. I want to give you more reasons why you have to believe me or why you have to agree with me. And you're not required to agree. There is no sentence and no response that you can provide that will present insight into a narcissist. It's never going to happen. And by the way, you're never going to get an apology. (laughs) Yes. Good friend of mine used to say, uh, this is before email, right? People that divorce a narcissist keep walking to the mailbox for the apology letter. And all that does is wear out the grass. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So stop wearing out the path to the mailbox. The letter's not coming because they're not capable, obviously. Nope. So we get into that trap of thinking if I'm nice to them, if I do what they want, if I just warm up a little bit, and they even will sometimes appear to be nice after that, but then they'll turn around and stab you in the back. So don't worry about being nice, but I think this also proves you don't have to be a horrible, nasty person back either. No, you, and this comes back to what we always talk about. Just be you and your values. Yep. Live out of your values. Yep. And I know after you write this, you might pick up the phone and call your girlfriend and vent to her, or you might go down to the bar and hang out with the guys and vent to them about that. You know what? But that doesn't have to come out in your communication with them. No. Uh, I like this one too. Your recollection of events differs greatly from mine. Yes. And here's another one that is very close to that, which I like. 
I'm sorry you see it that way. Our different perceptions is one of the reasons we divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, in other words, we're not going to ever see this the same way. So let's stop trying to convince one another. It didn't work for us in marriage. It's not going to work for us. Yep. And the other thing about each of these is they're just factually true. I mean, you you can't argue. I, I see it differently. This next one is one that we teach a lot in our seminars. Thanks for letting me know. I'll take that into consideration or something like, thanks for letting me know your thoughts. I'll certainly consider that. That's in response to an opinion. Well, I really think you ought to put Johnny to bed at nine. You know, he tells me he's been going to bed at 10 and this is wrong. This is a great one for when they're trying to tell you how to be a parent, whether it's right, wrong, whether it's true or not true, it doesn't matter. Thanks for letting me know. I'll take that into consideration. You can do what you want to do in your house. You know, the only thing they can take you to court over is not following the court order. Yeah. Honestly, so, right? so, Or being abusive and putting your kid to bed an hour later than they do is not an abusive situation. That's right. It's a beautiful boundary. What will happen is the narcissist will see that as you being smart out. You know, they'll take it as sarcastic, but it doesn't matter. Because, uh, you know, because emails and texts are always misinterpreted, right? If you don't know the tone, but they they will take issue with that tone because it might sound sarcastic, but that's okay. You say it because that's really how you feel. I've read it. I'll take it into consideration. I might even consider it. And you should, because it's you know, the child's other parent. You should consider what they might have to say, but you don't have to get into the long drawn out abusive argument that leaves you in a pile no. at the end of the night and then you can't sleep for two days and then you might turn to drinking i mean this is not Depression. worth it so no we are no. gonna save your life with these sentences yeah we hear it a lot i finally got some peace yeah. in my life okay here's a good one in response to threats so let's say they keep threatening i'm gonna take you back to court i'm gonna call my attorney i'm gonna email your mother I'm going to tell your employer, I'm going to put those naked pictures out there (laughs) we used to take when we were married. I mean, I don't know, whatever the threat is, you can say this, if that is what you feel you must do, I understand. (laughs) And what's good about this one? You don't take the bait. That's the the best part of this, that you don't get hooked in because as soon as you take the bait, then they've got you and the verbal abuse continues. And if you take the bait, you come off looking like you're weak and afraid, right? Oh, yeah. You're you one go, down. Oh, my gosh. You better not tell my mother. You know, I'll yeah. lose my trust fund. I don't know. <laughs> but yep. Yeah. You, you, if you take the bait, then the, the worst position you can be in with a narcissist is in the one down. Yes. Because then they will try to get you into three down and four down and 10 down. And and after a while, you actually start to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, What you say really does affect how you feel. So saying these things is not just to put a boundary up with them. Saying these things is to say to yourself, I deserve better. Yes. And I'm not going to allow myself to degrade into this place that he or she has decided to go. I'm not going to go there. 
And I think writing it down and we're saying it out loud, even while you're writing it, say it out loud to yourself. If that's what you feel you must do, I understand. You might not understand the action, but you can understand that this is who they are. And the more you understand that this is who they are, and it's not really a response to who you are, that's power. That's very well put. Yes. Okay. Next one, Rick. All right. We have, <laughs> we have reached an impasse of opinion. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and the purpose of that is to stop. Stop. Right? Yep. So that would be a good one to use when you just keep going back and forth. Well, you know, I don't think you should change pediatricians. Well, yes, we should, because I don't like this pediatrician. He doesn't agree with everything I say. Well, but our daughter likes that pediatrician. You know, I think we should keep that. You know, you could go on and on and on until finally you could say we have reached an impasse of our opinions. And whoever has final say on that medical issue just gets to decide. Yes. With the proper informing. Yeah. So you can open up a conversation, you can get their opinion, but you don't have to go back and forth with it. You just say, okay, I got your opinion. My opinion's different. We've reached an impasse and then go on and do what the order tells you to do. Here's another good one. I'm not willing to do that, but thanks for asking. (laughs) Ah, I like that one too. Yes. Similar to, I'm going to follow the court order, but this could be a response that has nothing to do with the court order. You know, could you let me add another day onto my summer vacation. You don't have to tell them why you're saying no necessarily. You know, no, because I have plans or no, you're always doing this to me. I'm not giving you any more days. You can just say, I'm not willing to do that, but thanks for asking. Yep. Now they're going to come back and say, you're never willing to do anything. You're such a rigid parent. I can't believe you're not. I'm going to tell the judge, blah, 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 you know. Yep. But you just say, thanks, thanks for, for letting me know. <laughs> right. Take, Take that, that into consideration. <laughs> Yeah, you can use multiple phrases on one email stream, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Well, and that's another good point. Some of these would only put you in maybe a worse position, maybe open you up to attack. So you know your narcissist better than anybody else. (laughs) Exactly. Pick and choose. You decide. Right. That's why we're giving you a whole bunch of them. Right. This is another one I like. If I don't hear back from you by May 1st, I will assume we are in agreement on this matter. Why that is important is because narcissists are famous for doing the passive aggressive. I didn't get your email. Oh, I didn't know you needed my decision by then or my opinion by then. It's just a way to stay in control by not answering. So instead of saying, hey, before I sign up Johnny for baseball, you know, what do you think about this league versus that league or whatever? And they're just going to like ghost you and go silent. And then when you don't sign them up for anything, they'll blame you because poor Johnny wanted to play baseball and it's all your fault. You didn't sign him up, whatever. Yep. So in other words, you're saying, I'm going to go ahead with my life after this date. And we just recommend you give the other parent at least two weeks notice on major decisions, right? If you have the right to make it, but you have to inform and get the other parents feedback or input at least give two weeks. So it's time to sign up Susie for her piano lessons, but she only has so many spots and sign up day is May 2nd. So I need to hear back from you by May 1st. And if I don't hear back from you, I'm going to just assume you agree. And I'm going to go ahead and sign. And here's one. Your allegations are untrue, but I do not wish to engage in an argument. There you go. That's simple. (laughs) 
And this is a good one. If you really, really, really think you have to respond in case a judge sees someday that you didn't respond or you just said, I'll take that into consideration, you can say what you said isn't true, but I'm not going to argue with you about it. And they may come back and say something. And again, you cut and paste. Yep. Second, maybe even a third time. Then just, you know, go to dinner because it's not going to. Yeah. Another thing that we always uh, recommend if you're dealing with this kind of parent is never, ever, ever read their email at night. Oh, yes. <laughs> get a good Especially night's sleep. You, yeah. Get a good night's sleep. Okay. Drum roll. All right. Your last one. Rick, what is it? Interesting. What? The response is interesting? Or... Yeah. Whatever they said, you just write back. Hmm, oh, the response is simply interesting. <laughs> that's all you say. Now that's the smart aleck in me. One of, my, <laughs> one of my favorites. So this is easy to cut and paste. Put in your phone notes, the word interesting. And when you're too busy to answer and you just don't know what to say, you know, you're for the 45th time, you should not be shocked. What they're saying is not true or accusatory or trying to hurt you or the children or whatever, that to just say, interesting. And on that note, I think we're going to end. Uh, very good. Think, Rick? I hope yeah. this was helpful to you all. And Paul, adopt these phrases. We can't help you with your narcissistic co-parent, but adopt these phrases. And honestly, this is your problem for now, but someday it's going to be your child. Parents don't ever go away. Ex-spouses do when your kids get to be 18. And you know all you have to worry about then is weddings and funerals and births of babies. But those are few and far between, right? So this is a way for you to learn how to set respectful boundaries with your narcissistic co-parent because someday you're going to have to teach your child. Yes. Because it's very hard to have a narcissistic parent. And that's a whole other show yeah. <laughs> that we can talk about, right? So just so everybody knows, in our show notes on our website at www.cpdilemmas.com, under this episode, you'll find 20 canned responses to your narcissistic co-parent, including the ones that we talked about today. So don't worry about whether you wrote them down or not. We've got them on our website. So check it out there. Yeah, that'll be helpful. Okay. Well, we'll talk to you all next week. Yes. Have a good day, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234-DILEMMA at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family. Thank you.